Hello and welcome to the Treasures Within podcast. I'm your host, Georgia G, multi-passionate success coach and healer for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. If you're ready to get out of your own way so you can build a wildly profitable business from your passions, this show is for you. Tune in every Tuesday for inspiring interviews and mindset tools to heal self-sabotage so you can double your income, reach those big business goals that have eluded you up until now, and create a life of freedom and abundance on your own terms. My guest today is the incredible Ellen Monshi. Helen is an online business growth strategist and trained quiz funnel expert with over a decade of experience. She helps entrepreneurs generate consistent, high-quality leads using the magic of online quizzes. Helen is an advocate for ditching scare marketing and boring freebies to focus on positive, empathetic marketing. Ellen talks about how to market your business in a way that is positive, fun, uplifting, and still highly converting. She takes us through her step-by-step process to create online quizzes that attract your ideal client with ease, and how to do business in a way that is aligned with you and your mission. So let's dive in. Welcome to the podcast, Helen. I'm so excited to have you here and have this conversation with you. But first, can you share who you are, your story, and how you came to, to this work? Yeah, thanks. And thanks for having me on. It's really lovely to be here. My story, gosh, where to start? I started sort of my own business probably about, I guess, about seven or eight years ago, but I've been working in entrepreneurship and working with entrepreneurs in my job before that. So I've kind of been immersed in the world probably for about 15 years or so. And the biggest issue I found was that people, it's not that people can't do their job. It's not that they aren't good at what they do. They're incredible at what they do, but they were really struggling to find leads. And that was across the board. It didn't matter if I was working with kind of the solo dog walker, right up to the kind of big multinational companies I was working with. It's all about how do you get more eyes on what you do? And so that kind of really captured my imagination. And that's what I decided to kind of focus my business on. So I do quiz funnels for entrepreneurs so that they can generate leads in a way that feels really, I kind of call it heart, heart-led lead generation. So generating leads in a way that feels good to them and is aligned to what's important to them and kind of the voice that they want to have online. That's sort of my main business. I also am one of those multi-passionate entrepreneurs so I also do some property work and kind of property renovations so sometimes I'm found kind of knee-deep in foundations and chatting with builders and stuff so it's quite varied which I like you look back and you think oh yeah that makes sense that's how I got to this point but when you're living it sometimes it's hard to kind of see how it all adds up. Uh, as a multi-passionate I experience the same thing in the moment like what am I doing so I'm curious is there Anything that comes to mind and advice they could give to other mother passionates on how to navigate that? Yeah, I think it's part of being an entrepreneur because so many people that I see, they have that in them. I think it's just like a character trait that we have, which is it's kind of exciting on one hand because it's like lots of ideas and lots of directions, but then also can be a challenge as well, which I'm sure you recognize if, if you're yes. that kind of person. So I think for me, sort of the biggest thing that I learned as I was going through it was 
it's, it's totally fine and actually it's great for me to have multiple business stuff but actually I need to focus on building one at a time so I, I wouldn't start by trying to build two businesses at the same time because it's it's too much because that startup stage is very messy and big and you're doing new things for the first time you're doing lots of things that you'll only ever do once so it's it's a lot and worth it obviously but I would say probably if you're multi-passionate fantastic but focus on one thing to start with and then re- introduce something new later on oh, I couldn't agree more with that because at some point I tried to start more than one bit at the same yeah. time yeah. and it was so overwhelming and what I find for me is that focusing on one business really get it off the ground but mm-hmm. then also spending three four hours a week just doing the other thing as a hobby oh that's nice yeah it's a good idea so that i still had a creative outlet but without the pressure or oh i have to build two pieces at the same mm-hmm. time because i really can feel so overwhelming and also lots of multi-passionate but also female entrepreneurs in general there is a resistance around marketing because there is a lot of scarcity out there, scarcity tactics, fear tactics, and all that, which is about the heart-led marketing approach that you use. So can you talk more about the difference between your approach that is heart-led compared to the traditional approach? And how is it better? How does it help you get better results? Luckily, I feel audiences like our buyers and our subscribers are getting wise to the old tactics. The tactics, even maybe just two years ago, where you can find a pain point that they have, really hammer home on it, really push that button to build that feeling inside them in that particular moment, and then introduce your solution. Excuse me. I feel like we we move beyond that, thank goodness, because it's not only is it quite an outdated way of marketing, but it's it just doesn't feel nice. And the approach that I take, and I see there's a movement towards this as well online, it's not just me, is more towards empowered marketing. So it's about someone to subscribe to your email list to kind of give you their email address, but to do it from a place of empowerment rather than fear. And the end result is the same. You're still getting your email list. They're still joining your, your audience. You still get to chat with them on email. But the energy that they bring to that relationship and the start of that relationship is is very, very different. So for me, it's about you want to give them an understanding that you get where they're at. So talking a bit about how they might be feeling in this particular moment, but it's more than it's kind of a fleeting highlight as opposed to the thing that you really hammer home on. And the way quizzes really support this is that actually the highest converting quizzes are usually positive ones. So rather than give you an example and a quiz question, off the top of my head, rather than sort of saying, what is the biggest struggle in your life right now that's causing your business to not reach the goals that it wants to reach? Yeah, that's a pretty draining question like, to think through and to answer. So rather than that, I would ask a question along the lines of fast forward 12 months, you're sitting poolside with a cocktail, celebrating, achieving all your business goals. What did you let go of to get there? So you're still getting the same information, you're still getting the same response, you're still getting them to reflect on where they are right now, but you're doing it from a much more positive perspective, which gives them a feeling of ownership and of the fact that this is just a season they're in. Anything in life that you're struggling with is usually just a season, so let's not hold them in that season and make them really struggle in it for longer than they need to. Um, 
So for me, that's really great. And that's one of the reasons I love quizzes. You can also put your voice into it a lot more, a lot more character into it. So rather than just you've got opt-in copy, the, the copy on the page where they, they put their email address, you've got 10 wonderful questions to infuse your personality, to talk about all the great things that you do. You know, there's ways to kind of ask questions to sort of cover that. So I think for me, that's great. I think the other reason I think it's quite positive is that you can also and this is a massive trend at the moment that I don't see changing, you can tailor your marketing message once you people have opted into your email list. So at the moment, it's very much when someone does like what I call a static opt-in, so like an ebook or whatever it might be, PDF download, there, there's no information about who that person is. So you're making the assumption that everybody in your audience is exactly the same person. And therefore you talk to them in exactly the same way on email. Whereas we know that's that's not true. Like everyone varies. So quizzes will allow you to tailor your marketing message and make it super specific to each individual group within your actual audience, which helps with conversions, obviously increases your income, but it also builds a more positive and aligned relationship with your audience because they feel heard. They feel like you're talking directly to them rather than like they're just part of some mass number on an email list. You make some very valid point there. I talk to lots of women that when it comes to creating their opt-in, especially if they are starting out, they opt for a boring opt-in, like a checklist or a very quick ebook. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know what you feel about this, but I feel it's outdated. People want something more than just a checklist or mm-hmm. a PDF. But when it comes to quizzes, the resistance that I experience is it takes too long. I want to do something simple and get it out there. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those entrepreneurs just starting out that they feel that creating a quiz is too overwhelming? Yeah, I, I get that. And it's definitely, I'm not going to lie, it's definitely more than an, like a, a PDF or something. And a lot of that is you get a bigger result because you're putting in more effort into it. So if you're really just starting out and you're not quite sure maybe who your audience is or you're not quite sure your end offers, I would actually say probably start with a very, very simple opt-in just to kind of get that process, just to get you used to setting up funnels, that kind of thing. And then when you're really clear on categories in your audience, who the different people are, when you're clear on what the different offers are that you want to funnel them into, then I would say introduce a quiz at that point a pdf don't get me wrong that kind of thing will build your audience but it will build a very very different audience so you might have 100 people on your list through a pdf who don't really know who you are and don't know what you're about and haven't really interacted with you versus 100 people on the email from a quiz who know exactly what you stand for they've already heard your voice they've already sent you an email saying oh my goodness your results page got me spot on i get those emails all the time from my quiz So it's definitely worth the effort. It also takes a lot less time than people think it will. If you have a sort of a simple framework to follow, if you've got lots of templates and examples and all that kind of stuff, you can create one pretty quicker than you probably think it's going to take. I really agree what you mentioned that you get out what you put in. So it really is worth taking the time to create something that people really love and that is interactive and engaging than just going for the easiest option that may not get the results that you want. I know we also covered this a little bit with focusing on 
the vision and gets in them you know, to the power place. Is there anything else, any other best practices for creating quizzes that people should know about? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, what we've kind of touched on already, which you just mentioned, is the whole future pacing thing. So it's very much about let's focus on outlining that picture of what they want in the future, put them in that moment in time, in 12 months time, in six months time when something has happened and help them to really feel that through your quiz. So that's one thing I definitely say. The second thing is a slightly weird one in the way you kind of build your quiz. So you obviously want to kind of design your topic. You want to make sure it's a topic that's got viral potential, but then actually you don't want to start writing your questions until the very end. So what you do is you design your topic and you figure out what you want to talk about and then you jump to the end and you actually write your quiz backwards. So you write your results pages and then you write your questions and answers. Then you've got your opt-in copy and that kind of stuff, which seems slightly counterintuitive, but it just makes sure that everything is aligned and feels very smooth for the person going through the quiz. And as soon as you, I call it hurdle bounce. So if you've got sticky points in a funnel or in your business or whatever, that's the point when a customer will bounce out. So the smoother you can make that process, the better. And the way to do that with quizzes is to write it backwards. That would definitely be one of my top tips. Another one is this applies to everything in business. It's, it's know your audience. You're creating a very personal experience for them and you're creating personal results. So you have to understand the people behind the email addresses. So that for me is probably the biggest thing. Do your market research, listen to the language they're using, understand when they tell you what they want, understand why they really want that. It's that kind of seven whys thing you do. So it's, I want to build my business. Okay. Why do you want to build your business? Because I want to make 100K next year. Okay, but why do you want to make 100K? Because I want to be able to stay home with my kids. Okay, why is that important to you? And then you just keep digging and digging and digging until you get to the root reason of what it is that they really want. Do your market research. Hey, Georgia here. I want to take a quick moment to tell you something. A few years ago, I was stuck in what I call strategy hell. I was literally doing everything to grow my business. I was on all the social media platforms, doing webinars, going to networking events, writing blog posts, sending out newsletters, you name it, I did it. And my business was growing at a snail's pace. It was so frustrating because I couldn't have worked any harder. I was already overwhelmed and burned out. Do you ever feel like that? It wasn't until a random encounter with a coach that I realized being in strategy hell is a form of self-sabotage. You think you're doing everything to grow your business. In reality, you're stuck in busy work because you're afraid of what might happen if you went all in or reached your goals. In my case, I had a massive fear that if I became more successful than my family, my friends, and my partner, they wouldn't love me anymore and they leave me. This fear was buried so deep in my subconscious that I wasn't aware of it until I had a powerful session with my coach. And yet, the fear was running my business and making sure I'd never reached my goal. It was only once I healed the fear that I was able to double my income in a few short months. And my loved one didn't leave me. 
If you two are working hard, trying all these strategies to go to the next level in your business, you don't need one more strategy. You already have all the strategies you need. If nothing is working, it's because there's a limiting belief that's sabotaging all your efforts. Maybe like me, you're afraid that if you are too successful, you won't fit in with your friends and family anymore and you lose them. Maybe you don't think you are good enough at what you do and they're afraid that if you put yourself out there in a big way, you'll be exposed as a fraud. Or maybe deep down, you don't believe you're worthy of money and success. Whatever it is, trying to grow a business with these limiting beliefs running in your subconscious is like driving a car with a brake on. No matter how hard you try, you are going to stay stuck where you are. If you want to go to the next level in your business and reach those big income and business goals that have eluded you up until now, you must first heal all those limiting beliefs and all stories that are sabotaging you. Once those self-imposed limitations melt away, you'll be able to step out of strategy hell and confidently take action towards your goals. Those tasks that used to feel hard or scary, like going live on Instagram, doing sales calls, or being a regular guest on podcasts, will now feel easy and fun and you'll be able to reach your goals with ease. If you know, deep down, that healing those limiting beliefs and all stories is the missing piece in getting the results and money you want in your business and you are ready to drop the hustle and step into your six figures mindset, I invite you to book a discovery call with me. On the call, you get coaching on the number one limiting belief, the sabotaging your success and keeping you from reaching your next income level. And if we both feel it's a fit, you'll discover how we can work together to heal the limiting beliefs that are sabotaging you, so you can finally build a wildly profitable business from your passions and enjoy financial location and time freedom. Remember, the world needs all of your treasures. It's your time to get out of your own way so you can do the work you are meant to do in the world and live a life of freedom on your own terms. These one-on-one calls are limited, so if you are ready to finally make your vision board become your reality, click on the link in the show notes and book in today. Couldn't agree more because talking about that future pace if you don't know what they really want i think sometimes we tend to stop at the surface level desire like mm-hmm. the six figures but okay but what's beneath there because if you don't nail that yeah uh, nothing is going to work i was actually curious to know some examples maybe if you can share of quizzes that you've seen maybe with your business or with your clients that have worked really well some of the big names out there have quizzes as their the number one lead generator amy porterfield eugenia kutcher's the ones that i see that work really well are usually personality based so that's we have like a humans have an inbuilt need and want and desire to learn more about themselves so if you can design a quiz that will help them help someone your audience person to understand 
more about what drives them, what motivates them, who they are, an issue they might be facing, whatever it is, they always work really, really well. So I did a, a quiz for a fertility nutritionist and we based it all around taking what can be quite a, a difficult topic, so infertility, and actually making it just a bit lighter, very much in her voice, infusing a bit of kind of humour, gentle humour into it. And the end result was four different personality types of who they are and where they're at in their fertility journey. And she gets emails back all the time just saying, I love that you made this slightly lighter and you totally got who I am. And I think she's, last time I checked in with her, she was getting up to about 100 extra leads a week just from wow. the product in. And they were good quality leads as well. That's the thing. We're about quality, not quantity. It's definitely a great way to attract leads but just creating the quiz won't do that right you also need to promote the quiz mm -hmm. so do you have any tips on how to do that what are the best practices or best tactics that you've seen are working right now part of it is when you're actually building it like i said already make it a positive quiz because if someone comes out and they get a positive result so so for example in my quiz one of the results is that they're called the visionary so this, this is the person who's starting out their business journey they're in that stage where they're setting their vision setting their goals it's exciting they're at that kind of really early stage so rather than sort of saying you're a wannabe entrepreneur or whatever it is or something that might they might not feel quite so good about you, you know you call them the visionary you paint that picture of why it's so great that they're in that space and then they want to share their results so that's the thing if you can bake into your quiz the desire for people to actually share the results they get, then you are getting people organically and for free sharing your quiz with their friends, with their colleagues. So that's one brilliant way to do it. The usual ways, your social medias, popping it on stories, grid posts. There's so much information that you can pull from the results pages that you've created. You can do blog posts and then do your pins to your blog posts. So there's a lot of different ways going on podcasts. The great news about quizzes as well. So if you do want to go into paid marketing, which I know not everyone does, but if you do, the average cost per lead is, I mean, obviously it varies on time of year in business, but I mean, it's up to 70% normally lower than normal ads spend because people interact, you know, ad spend decreases when people are interacting with your ads and so on. And you get that when you've got a quiz because people want to share their answers. They want to tell you, what they got all these kind of things so it's naturally quite a cheap lead as well that's good to know people tend to want the silver bullet but i'm hearing you say there are different avenues depending on what fits mm -hmm. right to you but the really key point is making a quiz that is really valuable really effective and that really empowers the person and makes them want to say oh i would love to take this this makes me feel really good yeah yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. Anything that you do, you want it to fit within what you already do marketing-wise. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. So the great thing about a quiz is it can fit into pretty much any avenue that you already use to market your business. And this also goes back to doing business on your own terms, right? So figuring out what is working for you, what is working for your audience instead of just following a blueprint or the new shiny tactic that may not even work for too long and so i'm wondering how do you make decisions in your business can you give some tips on how you can as an entrepreneur you can understand 
what is aligned for you because there's so much shiny object syndrome out there, so many tactics and frameworks and formulas that people think, oh, if I follow that, it will work. But again, we are talking about so led being aligned. So I was curious to know how do you uh, make those decisions for yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. I've definitely uh, been in that space where I've just followed a new tactic and then you kind of half implement it and it doesn't quite work because you've not gone all in so then you pull back again and then you try something new and you just kind of start repeating this pattern and for me the the biggest thing is always trying to listen to my gut instinct on things I always have an opinion I always have a I think most business owners know really deep down what they should be doing but the trouble is the voice and the feeling and the knowing gets kind of clouded out I guess from what everyone else is doing all the kind of marketing and the shiny tactics and those kind of things so for me, the way I quieten down and time, listen to what it is I should be doing is about being very, very selective about the information that I take on. So how many people's email lists am I signed up to? How many times am I going on Instagram and looking at what someone, new thing someone's doing? So I try and sort of cut the noise out. That's one thing for sure. The second thing is also I have to create space to intentionally think about those kind of things. So just not jam packing my schedule every hour there's something back to back having a bit of space I'm a great walker so I'll always go out for a walk and it might be that I will just before I go for a walk I will ask myself a question about my business so it might be what should I really be focusing on in the first quarter of 2023 for example and then I won't really think about it so then I'll go for a walk and it'll just kind of percolate in my head and the kind of answer always pops up and then the final thing I always do which I guess kind of slightly counterintuitive to what I've said but it seems to work in combination with it is I take action because I, I found, and I've done it before, I just sat there thinking, I've got to think of the answer for this. I have to think my way to an answer. I have to know. But our brains are just absolutely terrible at being able to know how we'll feel in a future situation. I'm sure there's some technical, biological word that goes with that. But I don't know. It's, it's We just can't anticipate how we'll feel until we're actually doing something. So until you start taking action, sometimes you won't know how you're feeling so I'll sit, I'll create the space, I'll go for the walk, I'll cut out the noise to sort of get to the point where I think this is what I should be doing. And then I do that thing. And actually, when I'm doing it, that's when I really finalize, actually, is it what I should be doing? Because I'll be in it and I'll experience it and I'll know, does this feel good or does this not feel good? That makes a lot of sense because I know for me, for my clients, my friends, I've seen it there. Again, we know when, when we get quiet and we journal, the answer comes. But then if you don't take action immediately, your mind will find all kinds of reasons why you should not do it and that is the wrong answer. So it makes sense that you just, okay, this is what I feel is right. And I'm just going to take action on it. Mm-hmm. And can you share one example where you, did, even though it may not have made logical sense, it actually paid off for you? I'm trying to think. I think probably it's around... Um, Instagram so I know that I should be doing reels and I should be doing these things and there's just this feeling inside me that is beyond just not being bothered to do them it's it's a feeling that actually this really isn't what I want to be doing and it's not really part of who I am so I just haven't done them and I'm not doing them and there's now a bit of a shift against them and people are actually saying here's a marketing opportunity to come off of social media altogether and it's almost like that's kind of what I've been doing by accident because I'm not really showing up a huge amount of social media 
I much prefer conversations like this. Talking to people is so much more my thing than creating a reel. So I kind of I followed my instinct, which was, I really don't want to do this. This isn't aligned to, to me. I'm not going to keep it up because I'm just not, I'm just not going to do it. And now it's kind of the, the trend now is don't do it. So that kind of definitely paid off for me. I think the other big one was around quizzes. So I actually pivoted to quizzes probably about two years ago now, I think. So before that, I was doing predominantly sort of online business strategy, which is my background. And quizzes, a big part of that is the strategy of it and the funnel flow and so on. But I knew that there was the missing piece of how to generate leads in a way that was sustainable and felt good. But I hadn't really figured out like how to kind of plug that hole yet. And then I went to spend some time with my nieces. So I've got twin nieces who live about an hour away. We went and we just had this brilliant day of just you know, having fun. And we took a quiz to figure out which Hogwarts house we were going to be in, because obviously you do that. I was Hufflepuff, which is very good. And it just suddenly clicked. Like I was so excited to take the quiz. I couldn't wait to get the quiz results. I couldn't give them my email address quick enough to get my to get my result and to be told about what house I would be in. And I just thought, if there's a way to bring this to the online business world, which really sometimes needs a bit of an injection of fun, I think it can get quite heavy and it can get sort of quite wading through treacle sometimes a little bit. And yeah, so that just sparked that for me. And I and I went with it. I followed it. I had the kind of inclination that there had to be a better way to generate these. I found what I thought it was, but then I took action and I learned I implemented and now I run my quiz business. That is so inspiring. Just goes to show that when we follow that spark, even if it doesn't make sense, then things work out. Yeah. And I do have a more of a technical question. There are two schools of thought. Right? One that says you should publish your quiz results immediately. You should give them immediately on a page. And one that says, okay, you should just give them the email address, make, make them sign up and send the results directly to email without no quiz results page. What do you recommend? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I think part of it is probably testing it, which is a slightly annoying answer, I know. But with your particular audience, it might differ. I personally ask for the email address. And I think the majority of people who subscribe, they understand my niche's business, obviously. They understand the effort and the energy that goes into creating the quiz and actually they're they're fine to give it up and, and give their email address and actually my unsubscribe rate afterwards is, is really low because the results are good quality because they get a lot of value from it so for me it works really really well to ask for their email address I know some people say what well, if you don't get their email address and then you give them an opportunity to give it afterwards then actually you're getting a better quality of subscriber because they're they're genuinely committing to giving you their address I haven't found an issue with the quality of my leads but test it out and see which way it works for your audience that's good to know and and also that's what i do as well but i just wanted to see yeah. <laughs> and just a quick question going back to wanting to do real social media which i so relate it's not my favorite thing either sometimes we can have resistance to something we know that that's the thing we are meant to be doing and yet we just the fear is causing resistance but mm-hmm. sometimes like you said it's just not right for you and so there is so much pressure i experienced it on myself from brands of you have to do this and if you are not willing to do reads or to do instagram or whatever it is then you need to get over your resistance and just do it anyway instead of 
acknowledging maybe it's not my thing. So how do you know when the resistance is fear and it gets to be overcome and when it's just it's not aligned? Yeah, that's a, it's a really hard line to, to like walk for sure. I think for me, it's if I don't do something like I'm not doing reels, does it continually come back to my mind that I should be doing it? If I've decided I'm not doing them, I may change my mind in the future, but right now I'm not. And to be honest, I made the decision and then I haven't really thought about it much since. So for me, that means it's a really good decision for my business. My audience is growing. I'm still getting the income growing. I'm still, it's all the kind of, the end results of what reels might get you are still going in the right direction. So I'm kind of happy with my decision. If I decided, you know what, I'm not going to do reels, but then actually it continually came back to me that, oh, should I do it? Or actually I'm not seeing the growth I want. Maybe I should try it or whatever it is. And actually I need to then look at why do I keep getting these signals that I should be doing it? And maybe it's because actually that is what I should be doing, but I'm just fearful to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there anything else that you would like to mention before we wrap up? Yeah, and it's kind of what we've been talking about already. There are a thousand ways to market your business. There are so many ways to run the same type of business. I've seen work with coaches. I've worked with fertility people. I work with people running the same businesses, but every business looks different. So I would love for you to do a quiz. I think they're incredibly effective, but it has to be the right thing for you and your voice and your business. So just always come back to what is aligned to me and my audience and and follow that oh, that's a beautiful place to hand this for anyone that wants to go deeper with this they want to work with you on creating their quiz where can they find you yeah so my website is probably the best place so it's helenmunshi.com if you wanted to take my quiz to kind of experience what it's like as, as a customer and how you might use it in your business then if you just go to helenmunshi.com forward slash quiz and then you can sort of experience what it is like to, to create one. We're going to put, I'm going to put the link to your website and your quiz in the show notes. And I would encourage everyone to take it. It's a great way to market your website. And if it feels aligned, definitely get in touch with Helen. And thank you so much for being here today. This has been incredible. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Treasures Within podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you found even one small nugget here to help you get out of your own way and build a successful business, share this episode with a friend or two so they can benefit from it too. Please follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a rating and a review. Believe it or not, every little action really does help to get the podcast found by other female entrepreneurs who need to hear this message too. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now.